0: Dude, we should order a pizza or something before we. Nice!
1: Nice! 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 nice. 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 Eh. Uh. Do you get that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you say your name, Brendan? Brandon? Brandon. Why do I always think it's Brendan?
0: Uh, some call me B Nasty. It's like the English language. Like, here. I, just, I, think, I'm just a, I think I'm just an no. asshole. <laughs> no. I think I'm just an asshole,
1: and I think Brendan Schaefer sounds better. So, in my head, your name is Brendan Schaefer. So. Yeah, it
0: just. It's British, it just kind <laughs> of yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, but back to my thing about the English language, Brendan, Brandon. I mean, like, it's kind of like here, here, there, there, you know, sounded out like. Lasagna sounded out like <laughs> fucking A. English language is so fucked.
1: <laughs> lasagna.
0: <laughs> I got in trouble when I was a kid in elementary. I was a terrible speller. Haven't got much better. Just recently, I found Is that out a skill about, that
1: you really need in life to succeed?
0: Well, come to find out, you do because when I'm sending emails, I started using a program called Grammarly. You mm-hmm. heard
1: of it? Yeah, I've heard ads for it, but never used it because I happen to be excellent at grammar and just
0: choose not oh to use God. it. Oh my God, mine looks like a fucking clip art page when they <laughs> edited it. <laughs> Dude, the other day, Tyler and I were cooking and we had ham paste. Oh,
1: excuse <laughs> me? <laughs>
0: and I was like, oh, okay, ham paste.
1: What is that like? Spam, but in a toothpaste
0: tube? Oh or? no! So this is what it looked like.
1: That looks like a Sunday. Why does
0: that look like it has caramel on it? We decided to just make the recipe on the back.
1: Is that in English? No. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's hand paste. Translate. Yeah. So yeah, that was a uh, hand paste. That was a night.
1: Did it taste good? That no, just looked like a disgusting it was loaf. fucking
0: nasty. But we were both super stoned and, and also hungry. aren't you
1: a vegetarian?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it, it was vegetarian ham paste. Oh. That's what it was called. Sure. Yeah. From the Asian market. I didn't There is like <laughs> the <sorry>. same brain. <laughs>
1: Just supposed to know there's such a thing as vegetarian ham paste yeah. because like, the original is so good.
0: Vegetarian <laughs> T-bone steak. You ever tried that? Like <laughs>
1: yeah. the original is so good they had to make a vegetarian version because vegetarians yeah. of the world were like, Man, I fucking miss ham paste.
0: <laughs> but the best thing is Tyler takes a bite and he's like oh, this is a keeper recipe. And I was like, in my head, my first buy, I was like, this is the nastiest shit that has ever went through my two lips. Like, Is it two lips or one lip? Uh, I, I think it's, I think you have two of those. <laughs> it's lips. But lip, lip, is it lip? Lips?
1: You got two of them. I got two of them.
0: Just like I got two eyes, two nostrils, two ears.
1: Good to know that you're, they're all accounted for. Yeah. This is, uh, I can't believe we're recording all of this.
0: I hope we're recording this. <laughs> I happen to think we're hilarious.
1: Uh. And one thing I hate the most about podcasting is hearing my laugh on the podcast. It's like so squeaky and annoying. Yeah. Someone told me that I have a relaxing voice, which is hilarious because I think I sound like a 95 year old smoker and I've never smoked ever in my life. So,
0: yeah, I, Real, I hate hearing my voice, but I also hate seeing myself in pictures. Yeah, that's true. It's just one of those things, like, I don't need it. Like, it's not. I've never been that person of like, oh, I need to be in front of the camera. When I worked at Apple, I had to teach photography classes, so I always had to be in front of like... You had to model for the... The camera, the model. That was like the highlight of my modeling career. For what we were given, like... Nothing? Think of, think of like... The time you went into a photo shoot and you walked into the building, and you're like, "Oh my god, it's like going into a fucking a church in this the little kids' room in the churches, whatever they call Weird, it."
1: Weirdly, smells like cigarette smoke, even though no one smoked in there ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, Sunday yeah. the Sunday
0: school rooms, yeah, dude. They
1: and they had all like, had that same like truck toy from the.
0: Yep, they all yeah. had just like the weirdest toys you've and ever. And
1: wallpaper that you. They yeah. have never seen anywhere else but in those yeah. rooms. Yeah.
0: Oh, we should do this room lime green. The rest of the church looks like a cathedral castle, and they're like, this room, though? The kids will love it. This one should be definitely lime green. Ooh, with purple polka dots along the wall, too. And because- <laughs> maybe some
1: bunnies with floppy ears. Yeah. That, that fucking xylophone, you but none of the paints Yeah, on you want to get anymore. kids
0: in church? Put up Fortnite in there and see how many kids go to Sunday school. <laughs> That's what drew me into a church one time. I was, a, um, I was a youth leader at a time. Really? Yeah, at Ridgepoint Community Church. Four services, about a 1,000 people each service. Yeah, and it was right when I got home from Young Americans, that performing arts group I was in.
1: I actually, my two best friends in high school went into Young Americans.
0: Wow, do we have stories about the Young Americans. It's actually not the Young Americans I should get
1: all all three of you on the podcast because I think you'd have very different perspectives on Young Americans.
0: Man, so I just started talking to this girl and that's what... Every, she like, wants to tell everybody's like, Oh, he's in Young Americans. Why?
1: Like, Nobody knows what the fuck that is. No,
0: I, let me say this wrong. She doesn't ever want to tell anybody that. It's me having to explain this to people because they're like, What'd you do after high school? I'm like, Well, I was in a performing arts group and like, Oh, do you sing, dance, or act? I'm like, Well, I sang Row, Row, Row Your Boat and I made it into a performing arts group where my friends are winning British Got Talent on So You Think You Can Dance on Broadway. And then there's me, like, <laughs> I remember going out there and you had to audition for every musical yeah. like there and, and like, it gets up to me and we're doing Wicked, right? And like, I'm sitting here, like, I've never even heard of Wicked. I just learned what Broadway was like two days prior when every kids and there's people crying over this, like, they're not getting the part. And I'm just like, can I not do this? Like...
1: You're like I don't care as much as that guy. Yeah. Like, give him the part. I
0: just like I still wonder, how did I? That was like, how did I get into that group? And it also made me feel a little bit weird because at the time it was the first season of American Idol, right? Okay. Yeah, with Justin Glarwini and Kelly Clarkson, Kelly Clarkson,
1: who's still going Some strong. Some
0: people in a lifetime
1: for a moment. Can I tell you an embarrassing story about (laughs) Kelly Clarkson? I actually had a, a like actual sad for myself moment about this. So I had this crush on a guy who rode the bus with me. When I was, I had to have been in like elementary school, and this guy was, uh, was like five was years older like, than me, the I was poor a soul. Junior. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember I was in elementary school. I was yes. listening to her album in my treehouse, sobbing mm. because I had no friends. And I thought it would be a really good idea to go talk to this boy that I had a crush on who lived down the street. And mind you, he was probably a junior in high school, and I was an elementary school student
0: <laughs> awesome.
1: so I spent half the day seeing Kelly Clarkson to myself <laughs> in the treehouse, trying to gear myself up
0: and you feel just like him right You're it like, was such a movie
1: is- in my brain yeah. and I, I go I go and knock on his door and he answers and like him? of course looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot and walks out and is like what's up and I just start sobbing mom
0: there's a kid at the door <laughs>
1: It's like so then i like start to get older and just keep running into him places it's like the world's way of keeping me humble because it was like
0: <laughs> remember me
1: the most embarrassing moment of my life and one that's so embarrassing that you're like did that ever really happen or was that a nightmare like i did i do that i've never approached yeah. a man's door without permission again because i didn't have anything that's
0: to not, say It's not true you did sales
1: yeah, I did get bit by a lot of chihuahuas for at
0: Going to doors.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You went to Young Americans, and wait, how did you even get into Young Americans? Was it just like I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with my life, so I'm gonna audition for this thing?
0: It, when they came to our school, I had I took choir my senior year. That was the only year I ever took choir. It was my senior year. I took dance for two years because we had a hot ass dance teacher. I and mean, I was like yes. And I was the first dude to ever take dance. And now it's like common there, which is cool. But um, so the Young Americans came and we had to audition after. And I'm like, what, what do you do for an audition? Because again, all I keep hearing is that American Idol song going through my head. I'm like... This is what, this is my moment to shine. Like, this, this my, is my, this is my ticket to Hollywood right now. And I literally. got up <laughs> there. Yeah. And I got up there and the first thing I did, I did like some weird cheer thing. I don't remember. It was something really awkward, cheer thing that we learned, in like a powder puff game. And I was like, this is my audition. I was pretty confident on it. And then they said, well, can you sing, too? And I was like, uh. And I kind of stuttered. And then I sang, Row, Row, Row Your Boat.
1: Did you, like, jazz it up? or? I'm
0: sure. I mean, that was in my ticket to Hollywood. Like, later on, I got this acceptance letter in the mail. And it was like, as a kid, you don't get mail very often. And I was like, to me, from California. I was like, what is this? I opened it up. And it was like. You got accepted to Young Americans. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this is it. This I is my future. It. I was like, this is where I'm going. I'm going to California. And uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, there was a few kids in my graduation class that went. And then I went out to California. And I experimented. With a lot of drugs.
1: As does everyone else in yep. Young Americans. In
0: California.
1: And <laughs> California in general. Yeah. But
0: and uh, boy,
1: do the young Americans be wilding out there.
0: Yeah. And it was like you lived in an apartment complex with 400 kids your age from all around the world. It had four hot tubs that were a great place to have foam parties. And... So it we was like changed like the real our, world on steroids. Yeah, it was it was crazy. It was really – I mean like – and then during the week you were supposed to go to these like classes in the evening, which I never went to because I was like, I didn't even go to high school. Why the fuck would I go to this? And then on the weekend you had to learn the musicals. Like you had to learn all of them. So I had to learn how to tap dance. I had to learn how to sing. I had to learn how to dance. I had to do everything. And I was like – which – I like I've never been afraid to be in front of people. Like I don't care what you think of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think it's more fun and I think it's also thrilling. Um I got to perform at the Anna uh at the pond, which is where the Mighty Ducks play. So I did Oklahoma, <laughs> which was really awkward, but yeah, and then I toured. I I went England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales, all around the US and this whole time But did you get to go to Japan? No, Japan was it was on the list, but I was like I'm done with this. I can't do it after 2 years. I was like I'm sick of this and then I mean there were so many other tours mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Um but I love traveling and I'll I'll see it for sure. I've actually been <clears throat> to Japan. I had a layover there for 24 hours. Okay. So I got to see what the inside of a hotel room looks like in Japan. Pretty cool. They had so was many it one those terrifying machines.
1: things where there's like beds on top of each other, and you have to no, sleep
0: in your coffin. Not like a hostel like that. Like we had a, a like some technology in there. I think it was like older technology, but it was like version one of an iPad kind of. Mm. And the toilets had one of those things that squirt water up your butt. <clears throat> so you had a good time. Yeah, it was great, and they're like, you can get this ticket it was like a voucher it was on our way home from thailand and one of the airplanes like got or it, one of the airplanes canceled their flight from mm. japan to la so we ended up sleeping the night there and then leaving in the morning and there was like 20 people on this boeing 757 and so you just
1: got to live your best life
0: yeah and it was actually the same time the nba finals were on so I got to watch the NBA finals in the sky drinking, and that covered for three hours of the nine hours. So that so means I watched- you're
1: pretty much famous.
0: Yeah. 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 You like flying?
1: I kind of hate flying, but I'm a tall, not small woman. Yeah. I under- I estimate as a man that uh, you also have these problems.
0: Yeah, being tall sucks.
1: Uh, And I just get all weird afterwards. Like, And I can't drink on planes. That's part of it, too. The yeah. atmosphere, like, it makes me really sick. But I like traveling. I like being places once mm-hmm. I get there. Totally. The actual flying sucks. Yeah. And I think anyone would admit flying sucks, especially when you have to do it for long periods of time.
0: I I actually enjoy flying. And really? I can actually get a lot of work done on on flying. I think I it's really fun to – Yeah, for me it's like throwing out a playlist and put on some headphones and just sit there. I love to people watch. I think that's why I enjoyed my job at apple being able to sit on my hands at starbucks for two years and teaching people where the apple button is on the computer um but yeah i i find myself very like comfortable on airplanes like mentally oh i'm usually pretty high too. Oh. I, I love just to get really high before i fly
1: <laughs> well i've never done that so maybe yeah well that might actually help
0: what else am i gonna do it's not like i'm I'm gonna drive it's not like they're gonna be like oh do you want to fly the plane no i sit on a plane for three hours and it is stressful i think for me it's like taxing like i just need to have patience because i'm like come on let's go like we're on the plane let's get this fucker in the sky like i don't like to just drive around the airport Mm-mm. forever you know let's but, get to where we're going But yeah being tall too and like it's Planes just have too many seats on them. yeah, they Let's do make them comfortable if they like were half as many seats on every airplane, I think more people would enjoy it
1: if I could stretch my legs out and like actually live my life on a plane instead of elbowing someone every time I try to like shift a little bit yeah it's just it's kind of awful, and
0: I also like to talk to people sometimes sometimes, not always sometimes i 'll just like put my headphones on like don 't talk to me, but most of the time. I think it's wild to realize like everybody on that plane is going somewhere. Yeah. And it's a miles big deal for them and miles probably and miles away. Yeah. No matter where you're at like somebody's either going or coming, you know. And then you times that by you look at how busy airports are and how many planes like people are moving all the time so quick.
1: Well, that's well part of the reason I'm doing the podcast is cuz I'm fascinated by that. It's like that everyday people have like really cool stories about things that are happening in their lives that we just never get to hear. Yeah. Like, you know, like I have a friend who has four kids and she's my age. I'm 27. She's 20, going to be 28 or she is 28 anyway. Like, she's like, I don't have any story to tell. I'm like, you having four kids by the time you're 28 is fascinating to me. Like I, that's a whole foreign world. I want to hear about it. Like what, why, why would you do that?
0: Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to have four kids <laughs> by age twenty-eight. I mean, like, I I think of that too. Like, yeah, cut that part and,
1: out though. I don't want to offend her.
0: <laughs> no, but I I think that having like stories for sure, and this year. I wrote a ton, you know, yeah. like I, I traveled a shit ton Yeah. and traveling's always been something that I've, I've loved. And I think that's why I really enjoyed young Americans the most. It was like every three days in a new city. And it was the coolest because it was almost like Airbnb before Airbnb, like we yeah. were in, in houses. Because you stayed at people's houses, yeah. Yeah. So we got to like go in and see culture and like how people live. My first three homestays of young Americans were Mormon. What? My first three homestays. Did they like in try Utah. to convert you while you were there? Well, I got. I thre- just wonder
1: why they would I, openly accept. I got
0: three books of Mormon. Oh. And we prayed before breakfast. I was like, I'm just hungry. Can I just eat this Pop-Tart? Like, and they're like, no, you got to pray before. I'm like, I don't pray. Like, You're
1: like, does it really count? Yeah. It- <clears throat> and uh- I was like,
0: what? but I, it was nothing like I expected because. I know, like, with their culture, like, they have many wives and like a lot of kids. Like, I didn't see that. Like, everyone was just like a lot of praying and books of Mormons. But, Most
1: Mormons don't have a ton of wives and kids.
0: Yeah, they're it was like just normal, reality, normal ass
1: people. They're just not on. They're not the ones who are focused on on reality shows. So yeah,
0: they, that's like they're
1: definitely. See, I watch so many shows about cults that uh, like, I know that the majority of Mormons are just normal people who wear weird underwear.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of fucked up shows, like 16 and Pregnant. Like, wasn't that a show? Yeah,
1: and I was just watching Teen Mom. and Teen I, Mom? I can't because I got too emotionally invested. Yeah. I did. I was like, one of the moms, one of the kid teenager's moms tries to take their kid away. And I'm like, go fuck yourself, lady. She's trying to hold that baby and you won't let her.
0: <laughs> I just wonder, like, for me, and I suck at watching movies and TV because after living in hollywood you see how fake things are and also being a photographer i mean you see it and i think that's something i'm, I'm struggling with right now is like how fake the world is God. like and how fake and that's we word just fed and like people like that like but that reality tv and everything else, like
1: okay even the news <clears throat> i so i don't i try to stay away from talking about politics because i don't want to be a part of it but And I think that everyone has a right to their own opinion. I think that's the beauty of living here is even if you're an idiot, you have the right to your own opinion. Mm -hmm. And I went to school for advertising and public relations and in every media journalism, whatever communications class, they talk about how the media just feeds itself, right? They show you the things that are going to make you the most angry on purpose because they want you to talk about what they're doing. So why would I interact with something that's goal is to piss me off?
0: Yep. And now that's, that's how it's like fed to you with algorithms and stuff. It's like, they know you, they they know know what
1: you respond to. Yeah. They They know know when when you're going to get in a Facebook fight and they're going to show it to you right away.
0: Yep. And it's just crazy. Like if you Google something and I Google something, it's going to, we're going to get different answers based off of our past history searches and everything else. Like it's just, the internet's a wild place, but I think that's also where I think it's just great to travel and disconnect.
1: Well, and I, one of my favorite things is like going out and just making friends with strangers. I think it's like the coolest way. And when you travel, you have no choice but to do that because you get super lonely unless you talk to strangers.
0: That was what I loved about um, traveling on that solo trip is I stayed at hostels and it was the coolest thing. Like (laughs) maybe we should tell people about
1: like your life now that we've talked for like an hour about nothing.
0: (sighs) Yeah, for sure.
1: So just tell me your life story. And I'll, I'll make shitty commentary while you do it. We keep it professional here on this podcast. <laughs> this is Brendan Brandon Schaefer. <laughs> and he's here today to tell us how he doesn't give a fuck about his life. And, <laughs> and that's something I respect about him because he, I don't know if what we're going to include in this podcast for Caleb, but he talked about living his life with almost no ambition and... uh not really no ambition, but the ambition to not have any responsibility. And I was the opposite until I was 25. So we had like opposite life paths. I was like, I'm going to get married, buy a house. And then I was like, well, fuck, what do I do with the rest of my life? (laughs) And then we just ended up kind of in the same place, just a little bit different. So, uh, the goal is to talk about kind of our lives and our differing perspectives on things because I re- respect the way you protect yourself and your emotions when it comes to business and life in general. So, well, thanks. Yeah, no problem.
0: That's quite the intro.
1: Yeah, I try my best. <laughs> We've only talked for an hour already. So it's like, you know,
0: yeah, might as
1: well tell the non existent listeners what who you are. What do we are.
0: talk about? Where my life was at? Um,
1: But I'm saying, like, you went to Young Americans, you fell in love with travel, realized probably that you wanted to travel. Yeah,
0: travel was something that I've always loved. I think that was what I loved most about, like, Young Americans was being able to travel very cheaply. Yeah. And I think, like, hey, I live in West Michigan, right? We all love deals. Like, some people, just a little bit too much, like... But when I've been i was really into Goodwill like, yeah, lately. I'm, yeah. <sighs> I'm becoming I a hoarder Goodwill. a little bit. Goodwill was great when I was in high school because shirts were like ninety nine cents. But now I go in there and shirts are like six ninety nine. It's like, yo, I can go down the street and go buy this new for five dollars. Like it just doesn't. Make I bought sense. something
1: for thirty five dollars at the Salvation Army the other
0: day. Yeah, what the hell? Like what? No, nothing ever cost. There was not a single thing in the store that cost over three ninety
1: nine. Was the expensive stuff? Yeah. You got a leather jacket for that. Yeah. A wedding
0: dress. That was when I was in high school. I used to skip school and go to Goodwill and just get the most fucking bizarre clothes and like pants and then just come back to school wearing it. Cause (laughs) it was part of that, like, no fucks given. Like, even in high school, like, yeah, I wanted to be punk. Yeah. I wanted to be like, I dressed up. I had my Abercrombie shirts. Like, I didn't know what I wanted and I still don't. But now I have. A pretty solid style. I wear a black shirt and blue jeans every single day,
1: with um, lumberjack accents.
0: Like, I'm a minimalist. I don't need a lot of stuff to be happy. Like I learned that over time. Like I have three t-shirts and two pairs of jeans. That's God, my wardrobe. I wish I.
1: That's my ambition in life.
0: It's. I always wonder if I could try it, and like I, I idolize like Steve Jobs. And a few other entrepreneurs that did it. And I'm like, I wonder why they do it. And then I was like, well, I think it's a pretty solid style. I mean, and if I do it, it's like how many days I would would just wear the same outfit? Because it's like, well, why do I change? Like, But you think about it with a normal life. Like you just wear something new, even if you you don't leave the house just because it's a new day, right? Yeah. But yeah, so wearing black shirts and blue jeans and it's just nice. It's consistent. And I think that's something I've always been, like, fantasized with my whole life is just, like, I like things to be automated and consistent.
1: Yeah. You like that? So you want that so that you can have the
0: freedom to do whatever you want? 100%. Right. Uh, what, what do we talk about? That I'm was, little... like, I think when you – what do you value most in life? And I think it's time and freedom. Yeah. You know, because – When I started my business, I was 21, and by 23 24, I like quit my other jobs and was just doing photography. Yeah, and I was doing 30 weddings a year, and it was like 30, 35 weddings a year, like just as much as I can. And then I realized, like, this is too many. But at that time, was when everything clicked to me like, I'm sending the same email 30 times, which was fantastic for me you know how good I got at doing copy and paste and just like just changing the date like the, the there was years I would just copy and paste you know that I had yeah. like word templates like and I because I'd write them and then I'd have to like ask a friend I'm like hey can you just like spell check this for me like I'm so bad at spelling that like spell check doesn't help me Bec- <laughs> because like I you're
1: close <laughs> or you put other words Well, I just,
0: like, I try, I read it, and I'm like, yeah, this sounds right, but then I'm not, I'm a terrible reader, so I shouldn't be the one that's proofreading my own shit. Like, (laughs) if I fuck up the first time, like, I'm going to fuck up the second time. Like, as a kid, remember... Before computers, writing out papers and teachers would like mark it up with red ink pen because that's the best color to mark shit up with, right? Yeah, it makes
1: you feel the most shame.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then they'd like circle the words or underline it, and then like scribble out like full paragraphs, and then I would have to go rewrite it.
1: I just picture you being like the Grinch in the movie where he just like throws a fit when he gets things back and like rips them into pieces.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, because. I would have to rewrite that paper. And most kids would, like, catch the errors and fix it. I'd go bring it up to them again so they could read it. And, like, teachers looking at me, like, are you that fucking stupid? And, like, here it goes again, scribbles. Like, she's using whole ink pens on my papers. Like, (laughs) And I just hated it. And it was like, oh, if I'm saying a sentence and I say, I can hear you, and I accidentally put H-E-R-E, And you're like, oh, I don't fucking get it. You're the fucking idiot because it makes no sense if it was the other way around. And who gives a fuck? You know what I mean. Yeah, you you get it. You know, like so. And I think that's why I hate social media so much is because I'm so bad at spelling. Like people would always like say stuff or comment and I became very like insecure about it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a photographer. Pictures are worth a thousand words. And they're all spelled right. Like every word. Yeah. And then I realized, like, I just fucking hate posting because yeah. I don't give a shit.
1: It's very hard to... I'm in a moment right now where it's hard for me to give a shit. Which is very rare for me because I usually, like, thoroughly enjoy it.
0: But Yeah, but you got to take care of yourself. And, like, I think that's the most important thing. It's, like, fill your own cup, you yeah. know? And, like, I think people overwork. I think we realize that now, especially with people working at home. Mm-hmm. People realize, like... You can get 40 hours of work done in like 20 hours.
1: Yeah. Are they
0: that's pizza? Is that a pizza? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Are oh, you excited for some pizza? Eh? <laughs> oh yeah. I think we just keep talking. <laughs> I think that's great. This is I think be we should. Better. Uh this is what we do.
1: So time. what do you do to like automate your stuff? Like how do you so you um, We're sending the same email and then realized that you could be smarter about it.
0: Yeah. And then I realized like there's programs out there like if it, if this, then that, like um, and then I realized like what a CRM program was and like where to organize everybody and kind of keep everything in one spot. And then I was using, um, so that was where I started realizing like you can, even with Google, you can, or Gmail, you can like program an email to send at a certain time. And this is the time that like apps were starting to come out too. So there was a lot of apps that were doing this kind of similar stuff. Yeah. And then I started using a program. There was a few that I like played around with like early on, but I, there used to be a pro, a website called Show It. Hmm. That's where I learned a lot of it. <clears throat> Have you ever heard of David J?
1: No, Caleb, have you heard of David J? David
0: J. That's like the most common name. Yeah, I probably know a David J, but not
1: Um, one that would be of any
0: notoriety. David J. started this Show It website. It was a drag-and-drop website platform where you could pay like $39 a month to use this platform, and it made it really easy to design a website. He was a photographer but they do like this thing like show it live where they became like a news like this is when the internet's like oh wow this is youtube we can make videos and they were feeding information and that's when i heard about a company called adito which is um, now it's photographers edit Um, but that's where I learned that I can work with somebody to edit my pictures. And that was such a huge relief for me. Yeah. Um, so that was a a thing of automated. I was like, how can, what can I automate and how much can I automate? And if I can automate everything, if there's a way. Um, because that was what I hated the most editing, hate editing, terrible editing because, it's consistent. And when you're editing 700 wedding photos, the thing that takes the longest is making sure that all of the green grass looks the same color green or all the blue sky looks the same color blue. You know, so working with them and then after a year, I had like my own person that I was working with. So they're all consistent, turning around weddings in a week, which was like unheard of. insane. And uh, yeah, and that's what I learned that people liked. And then from there, Um, I use a program called Tave to um, kind of run through the whole pipeline. You can kind of tell it when to send emails and what to send. And, like, it's way better for my clients, too, because it's consistent. And, like, everybody's getting that same experience. Yeah.
1: I'm awful at that. Like yeah. I have contracts that I need to send out for things that are happening this summer that I just keep pushing off. Yeah. And if you're one of my clients and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I do know that I need to send you that contract, but in my head, it's already a done deal. So I have a really hard time prioritizing it and I need to be better about it. But the paperwork stuff is so hard, like invoicing. and like. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs in general struggle with learning the the automation stuff and the communication and the business side of stuff is so hard when you own your own business you start it because you like really like doing something and you're good at it or relatively good at it and then you're like oh i have to do taxes oh i also have to send invoices or i don't get paid oh i also have to track all of this bullshit that i don't want to deal with and i Mm -hmm. wish i could just hire someone else to do but i don't have any money and so i don't know how to do that. And I think you found a way to do that with very limited resources. Yeah,
0: as long as you're coming out on top. I mean, I remember selling stuff on eBay that you get for free. And as long as I'm making a nickel, that's a nickel, you know, a penny up is anything. Yeah. And but what do you hate and how can you delegate that out? And I think a lot of people waste time on that, too, when there's services out there. And you have to realize, like, there's people that love doing what you fucking hate. (laughs)
1: there are there are accountants in this world yeah who like enjoy their job
0: enjoy numbers
1: i like numbers but like taxes go fuck yourself
0: yeah yep that's the worst part but i don't know i think with with photography though i got in how did you get into photography
1: on accident
0: what was your first like, year, like first camera, first year? Like, what did oh, you? Oh like, gosh, or I didn't. first experience. I had a
1: D thirty five hundred, I think. Just like the oldest. Don't even think about low light camera, but I think it's a transition camera from a point and shoot to a DSLR. And I took a class in high school. um... Actually, Where they just taught me basics.
0: We should eat and then we'll talk about this.
1: I don't know how this works. I broke it. I was running out. Are you recording? Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. The follower thing is so funny too because like in the world of influencers, it's just accepted that if you have over 10,000 followers, you bought some of them. And there are some people who, like, started out when social media was new and their followers mm-hmm. are legit. But almost all of the influencers buy their followers and, like, openly talk about it.
0: Yeah. it's And you can buy, like, YouTube views and shit. Like, you can buy comments like,
1: and likes and mm-hmm. shares and literally whatever you want to buy because yeah. they have bots. But when you really think
0: about it, like, we were not put in this world to have that many Friends, like nobody needs that many. Like, what does it mean at the end of the day? And like, when you think about people that do have that many, and I know a handful of people that are, are well known influencers, and like their biggest fear is it could be gone in a yeah, because we could switch platforms. Yeah, you, we switch platforms, or like, mm-hmm. how long is this really gonna last? We live in a world where we're so ready for that next thing all the time. I think there's a few that are going to dominate forever, mm-hmm. like that are going to be there. But I think people are starting to realize less and less. But
1: Well, and there are so many ways to lose it now. I mean, yeah. you can get hacked. Cancel culture is alive and well. Like mm-hmm. you say one thing, even as a joke, or you said it 30 years ago when you were 15 and people can bring it up and ruin your entire life. Yep. Like there's no security in it. And I tell people all the time, like I've, Getting followers is important because people pay attention to you when you do it, but it doesn't make you money.
0: You need so many views and so many follows. You know what was amazing? Speaking of follows, yesterday at the inauguration, the girl that did the poem, Mm -hmm. she had like, I think it was like 400,000 followers, 500,000 followers, and out of curiosity, I looked today and she had 2.5 million followers. And it's like overnight like where it's at, but it's a huge platform. And I think everything is we're always working to get to the top. Like everybody's trying to get to the top. And I don't know. For me, I just want to know like – What's option B? Like if I don't want to fucking play the internet, like yeah. what what what's the other <laughs> game that we can play? Like, because that is it. Like, yeah, you have to, you have to be on it. And like my parents now, you know, like my dad doesn't even have an email, but he scrolls my mom's, like, on my mom's <laughs> my Facebook dad does the because, same thing. <laughs> because they know similar people. So he just like scrolls on her facebook account and he's like why the fuck am i getting all this quilting stuff it's like well that's because you're using mom's <laughs> facebook account and they know like i don't know it's just a really weird world and it's an amazing powerful tool but we need to find some checks and balances with yeah
1: him. and and stop putting so much of our like business value in it like i hate it when people talk about getting i mean i get jealous of other people for getting followers because i'm like my life is more interesting than yours is and then i just slap myself in the face because that's just stupid
0: yeah and that's what i've had talks with people about and that's why i think i've just given up and i've been much happier about it because it was for a while like i don't think i've hit a thousand followers on like instagram yet but i don't give a shit like at the end of the day like because if you get ten thousand. Well, then you want 100,000. Yeah. It and never if you ends. get 100,000, well, then you want 500,000, you know? And then you're like, at, at what point, when is enough? Enough. Like, and then it just becomes happiness. Like, what would the world be like? What would the internet be like without like the like button or yeah. a comment button? No one or, would post. Yeah. It's just, but that's what people feed for. And like, it's just that hit of dopamine, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Where, I, it's just so hard too, because like, it's all fake. Those people aren't necessarily making money. I know people who have 30,000 followers Mm -hmm. who are struggling. I know people who have a hundred thousand followers who are struggling. Like I don't, it's just fake. Like just because you have more followers doesn't mean you make more money and it doesn't mean your life is more exciting.
0: They have a, A larger platform that they can post their pictures, but it's like, eh, well, you're not going to be hot and 26 years old forever. No. Like, that's where it is. Like, I think some people post very valuable content. I really enjoy YouTube because I think it's like people have something more than just like, I'm a model for 10 minutes, you know, like doing activities or something. But when I was traveling, that was one of my biggest pet peeves is I, I've, when I look around and I just see people in like historic places and it's like all about getting the next picture and they take like 20 pictures with their phone and I'm like, it it has to be perfect. And it's, and you look at it because you've gotten to spend many hours behind a camera as yeah. I have is how many people are not happy, but then they smile when they're in front of a camera. Yeah. And it's like, Isn't that fucked up? Like when people are like, oh, can you edit me? It's like, well, no, like I don't, that's, I can do it, but like, fix yourself and if you that's what it takes like i don't know what you need if you want to go to the gym to look better or if you need or you need to just love like, yourself the way you are 100 percent, yeah and it's like just be happy because that truly shows in pictures but i've realized that and i think that's one thing that's really hard for me right now with the mask everybody wearing masks, is mm-hmm. like smiles are contagious yeah and like we don't see that anymore and especially as a photographer like that's what i love i like capturing the real moments yeah of, of stuff like not pose moments and yeah. I think that's why I enjoyed weddings and I solely did weddings for seven years was because with senior photos or with like product shoots it's so fake already yeah but like with weddings it was at least real there were or,
1: some emotions and yeah, some, yeah
0: yeah and it always ended with like alcohol and partying at the end of the day like what a cool job Gosh. Oh, what do you do for a living? Well, you know, I ride around in limos and party at night. And and, actually, and people
1: like it that I do that? Yeah. yeah. Actually,
0: so much partying. <laughs> that just makes me sound like all I do is party. But, hey, it was free. I mean, when I was growing <laughs> up, like, when I, when I was growing it's cool, up. It's cool. It's like, cool. It was go, free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, West, it goes back. West Michigan boy, right? <laughs> it's hey, a deal. Hey. There's a coupon trying to use a coupon. They're in paying
1: me and there's an open bar. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, but you think, like, when all my friends were turning 21 and going to bars and how much money they were spending on weekends. Yeah. And I was going to weddings. And that was so when I first let me, oh, let's back up. Yeah. Let's back up and flashback talk about moment. This. <laughs> So when I started photography, I was going to school at GRCC for elementary education.
1: Interesting choice. I mean, I guess you went to Young Americans. Yeah, I was like,
0: this is great. And then I was like signing up for classes. And I'm like, all right, all right. Finger painting. Yes. Finger (laughs) painting. That sounds great. Perfect. Sign me up. I had that. I had like astrology. And then I had... It was, I don't know I hated school long story short going for school for elementary education hated it loved going to concerts I used to go to a place called skeletons all the time oh, skeletons.
1: skeletons coming back <laughs> soon from
0: what I hear yes I've heard that um, but yeah and then I from there I just fell in love with music and I later on in life uh, while I was working at, I was working at a print shop while I was going to school and I still loved music and I used to make fake press passes <laughs> and I mean when you have full access to You're like working at a I'm shop. learning photoshop I internet's out there so you can see what they kind of look like or a lot of them were that or you just kind of make it up and make up a fake email and on MySpace and be like hey I'm here I used to get into shows all the time for free or at least I'd like I just wear it around like my neck or like, like a press pass. So like people would always like back out or if you just need to get up front to a show or something like that, like, Oh, Hey, Hey, I'm just, I'm with the press. If I can just scoot up here. So it was like a great way to do this all the time. So that was music is where I, I started photography and I was like, great. You know, like if you have a camera, you can get in free to concerts at the time. And then Canon released like a bazillion cameras and everybody became a photographer But my first um, camera was a Nikon. Okay. And then I realized, like, hold up. I want a tan lens. And if you have a tan lens, like, you look at NFL games or concerts or, like, any like that. They all had, like, these big lenses. And I was like, I need that. So I sold it because it was was Canon, I realized. So I sold my Nikon setup, only to realize that that tan lens cost $1,400 at the time. So I was like, fuck. How am I gonna pay Which for this? Which is cheap so look, for a lens yeah, nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I bought that whole setup, and then I, my first wedding I ever shot, I was a third shooter at a wedding in Indiana at the cathedral at Notre Dame, was my very first wedding.
1: So like the hardest thing ever.
0: Yeah, I was just in charge of taking pictures of details. And I was like, oh, my God, I've never even taken a picture of anything. I've I've owned a camera for, like, probably four months at the time. I was walking in Grand Haven. Long story short, I met a guy named Craig Watson. That's who I second shot under for a while. And I had no idea where we were going. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, meet me. It was like, he's like, meet me at 5 a.m. in Holland. And I was like, hold the fuck up. Like, why, why are wedding photographers waking up so early? But I had no questions. I was like, yep, absolutely. What do I wear? Let all me black. get in your
1: car. You, yeah. The truck good? All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got all with you. I was like looking at wedding magazines <laughs> on the way down there. Like, what What do they shoot, right? And uh, so I went all the way down. And I didn't even know where we were going. And then I was like, oh, wow, we're going to Indiana. And then I realized we were going to get to Notre Dame. Because after we crossed the Indiana border, I was like, where are we going? Like, Mexico, bitch. I know. I was like, <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but the bride's father was the dean of engineering. And it was the s- craziest wedding. They like f- flew in art for cocktail hour and shit. It was just so bizarre. And I was like, we're from like the Lou." This is. Yeah, I don't know where it was from, but it was, like, this is my first time, like, seeing, and I'm, like, taking pictures of details, right? So I'm, like, what do I take? Taking pictures of, like, the meat and the vegetables and, like, the napkins and, like, just shooting everything, like, trying to talk to people. A lot of my pictures were out of focus, guaranteed. And for some reason, I also, (laughs) I remember my feedback after that wedding, and he's, like, why would you shoot everything, like, on an angle?
1: Can we talk about that? <laughs> that is the mark of, of like, future creative, yeah. right? I'm sorry. I need to make this announcement. I'm not supposed to talk to the listeners because Caleb tells me it's stupid, but I'm going to do it anyways. Not what I said. Not what I said. <laughs> if people are paying you to take pictures and you are intentionally taking a diagonal picture, quit now. <laughs> Go fuck yourself and quit now. And everyone does it at some point in their life. Like when you were in middle school or for you high school, because you're old as fuck. Like it was it. That's what you did when you were artsy. You just took it crooked.
0: I'll turn it black and white. That'll fix it. (laughs) oh that didn't fix it let me let, oh let's do that color splash we'll turn the rose color and everything else be black and white
1: yeah how about yeah uh how about we make it green but there's green everywhere in this picture so i don't know how to fuck some, fucking fix that so we're just gonna make it green the whole picture it's all green gosh i there are actual and i'm being straight up honest there are photographers who get paid money to work on commercial shoots who shoot like that so yeah. let me tell you, if you think you can't be a photographer,
0: anybody can be a can. photographer. <laughs> anybody can be a photographer. But I think, like, it also comes down to, so I was shooting, like, not all of them, but I realized I've never taking, taken that many pictures in a row. Hmm. And I'm like, how can I deliver different ones? And he, like, went back. And then I ended up shooting a handful of weddings that year. Um, and then I realized, okay, I want to start doing my own thing. So I started shooting weddings. I booked my first wedding for like $500, which was the biggest mistake. I mean, it was great. I'm glad I got in the door, but I always tell people like, cause I get a lot of emails of like, Hey, I'm getting started. And I always tell people like, go shoot for a few years and build a strong portfolio mm-hmm. and like come out strong and like in charge top notch right away and going that because going from 500 to 3,500 is hard because people are like, well, last year you were only this mm-hmm. much, you know, and it, it's hard to kind of get to where you were at. But I realized what's comfortable for me. And it's like now I only shoot 15 weddings a year and I'm kind of slowly dipping out of it a little bit just because I'm getting older and I have other adventures I want to kind of do. But I'll still always do it. I think it's great. Photography is fun. It allows me to travel. Yeah.
1: Allows yeah. you to meet a bunch of really cool new people, too. Yeah. And some really awful new people. It just depends on the day. Yeah,
0: you really get to see people in their true colors. Yeah. And, like, it's fun. You get to, like, document people's life and day. But it's also fucking crazy is they trust you on the most important day of their life. It's a lot of pressure. Not saying, like, working in studios or doing product shoots or anything is easier, but, like, there's a lot of pressure there.
1: It's a very different kind of pressure. Working yeah. for a corporation, there's a lot of pressure because you're just another chink in the chain and they can mm-hmm. replace you. But the pressure of a wedding day is like no other. That's mm-hmm. why I didn't want to be a photographer at first because I was like, I'm not going to shoot weddings. Yeah. I fucking hate it. I don't I don't fucking hate it. I love being a second shooter because mm-hmm. there's no pressure. You get to do all the fun things and meet all the people and you don't have to worry about the like logistics of things at all. Yeah. But – and I like being a low, low budget wedding shooter too, because it's the same thing where there's not a ton of really high expectations. Not everyone's snooty. They actually are there for a good time. It's like, great. I really think where you set your prices for weddings matters because it determines. It's what you want to do. It's yeah.
0: who you want your clients to be. And mm-hmm. like, I've, I think I'm very lucky that I've kind of found an uh, area that I feel comfortable with. And like, I connect with my clients. They're all very chill, you know? Um, but they- People put a lot of trust in you. It's It's been crazy. So you're a second shooter. I hated working with second shooters. But, <laughs> I'm not- at, but at a time, everybody wanted – there was like a time of photography when everybody charged $2,500, everybody had two photographers, and everybody had 10 hours. That was a common package for like three years, at the least The second shooter is still
1: common. And it is very yeah, common. People this ask year, me all the time, and I'm like – For $1,500? Hell (laughs) no.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This year I pulled my second shooter, but fun story about second shooters. I hated it so much that I asked my best friend one day if he would ever want to shoot weddings. Um, My buddy Wyatt, I've known for years. And when I asked him, he was like, dude, I never thought you'd ask. And I was like, no way. So I showed him how to use a camera. I love teaching. Like, yeah. I'm very passionate about teaching. So I was able to show him how to use a camera. Um, and like, even to kind of develop a style similar to what I shoot. Like, I shoot with a lot of weird things like prisms and mm-hmm. disc and different shit like yeah, that. Yeah, you're a creative. And yeah. And, uh, well, I appreciate that. Um, but it's working with him for years, like, Again, it's an experience. We used to wear, like, the CIA headphones, it's like the walkie-talkies. For no reason. Oh, yeah. They what, They had a purpose, right? Because when Wyatt came on board, I was like, at this time, I was, like, showing off my tattoos, doing my own shit, being on the dance floor, just, like – I'm in my 20s going to weddings with an open bar and they're just fucking paying for everything. You know, like it's great like to just kind of have fun and people loved that. Yeah, I I noticed that it was like a common trend. It was like people love when you would just kind of celebrate with them. And
1: they want to hang out with you after.
0: Absolutely. And it's fun that you can kind of build those relationships and that's something I'm very grateful for is like the cool relationships with my clients that I've built over the years. But it was at that moment – Like after about four years of second shooting of Wyatt, I realized that there was a missing market for DJs. Like it Mm. was just like it wasn't consistent. You know, it was nice. The amount of times you
1: have to walk into a place and the photographer is telling the DJ, Okay, we need to do the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's unreal.
0: I had a wedding one time and then I was like, Oh, they're getting ready to introduce and he's like, Oh no, I don't do that and I was like, No, no, you're the DJ. Like that's what you do.
1: That's your one job today.
0: So at that time I was like Bingo. It light bulb clicked. I um, helped Wyatt. We just started a whole DJ business. (laughs) So we used to call up four dudes in a wedding because he would bring out another buddy and I would bring out another buddy. And we would just go shoot weddings. And like it was fun. And party. And just like enjoy it and had different things. I would do slideshows at the wedding, like pictures of the wedding at the wedding. And they're already on like the website. So it was just – you become comfortable with it, and it's an experience. But, yeah, photography is great. I love it, Um, but I also hate it. Yeah. You know, because, again, now I'm just looking at it, and it's like, ugh, I have did it for so long, and I'm capturing so many unhappy moments. Not unhappy moments. I'm capturing happy moments with unhappy people. Yeah. And that's what's really hard sometimes with, like, sometimes when – you just wish people would be happy all the time. Yeah. Genuinely happy.
1: Yeah. Except we know how unrealistic that is because we're not always happy.
0: Yeah. Totally.
1: Yeah. You're a relatively happy guy though. You try your best to.
0: I try. There's some times inside where I'm burning, but I try to keep it calm. Like, and I think that's what I've always just been a chill person. Like at the end of the day, like what's the worst that can happen? You know, like when I was a kid, when I was seven, I watched my mom donate her kidney to my dad. And like when you see that and then you like I was like, man, that's awesome giving. And you look at giving and like how much you can give. Um, But then you also look around the world like there's so many opportunities to give. Yeah. And like we're so much more fortunate. We're sitting behind – thousands of dollars of equipment recording our voices into an electronic box. Like while there's people that don't even have clean water, it's like crazy when you think about that. So it's just being fortunate and like knowing that their life can be so much worse. So like, just why not be happy? Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said with, with photography in the business, but ultimately it just leads to like more freedom.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it gives you something to do when you travel.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's the best free activity, like, to have when you go on trips with people.
0: Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's like, we need to just set our phones down. Yeah. And we need to enjoy that moment. Caleb would say, I need to set my camera down. I never do. I, yeah, I I struggle with that, too. You know what has helped me a lot? I got the new Polaroid camera. Mm. And it's like, yes, film is expensive, but it's instant. And you get eight pictures. So you have to really pick. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that one picture tells so much more of a story. It's like, do you know how many pictures I took for years on my phone that I've never looked at? Like I always wonder how many pictures I have on my phone that like I've taken that my eyes have maybe only seen once or twice. Probably never. All of them. Probably never. Like how many pictures have never gotten to the full exposure on your phone?
1: I'm sure I'm <laughs> sure I've got some nudes in there from 2016 i don't there's so many pictures on my phone maybe someone else's nudes i don't know i should do our pictures you know probably uh so find anything on my phone it's not me
0: check it out only fans
1: (laughs) special discounted price 4.99 jk Um, i give away that premium content for free on my instagram
0: yeah you can look at a patreon Get it it on Patreon.
1: There's so many. There's just just so many. You go to Patreon. It's just a piece of paper with a dick drawn on it.
0: (laughs) Every week. (laughs) Tune in. Tune in. It's Just like a (laughs) mugshot. It's your. It's your face like photoshopped on a stick body (laughs) (laughs) with big old boobs. (sighs)
1: What are your life plans?
0: Ooh. Um I unlike a lot of people, like you're like, Oh, I wanna get married and buy a house. Like I'm like, I want a van.
1: You started a bus at some point, didn't you? I and did. then had to give yep. it up.
0: Yep. So I got a school bus and I never have driven a bus before and went down to Indiana with full expectations of having a guy show me how to drive a school bus. And (laughs) he was handicapped, and he was uh, so he couldn't even get on the bus. So I had to learn how to drive a bus by myself (laughs) in Indiana. A
1: full size school bus?
0: It was like a three quarter size school bus, and like the biggest vehicle I've ever driven is like an Impala. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I figured it out, and I made it all the way home. It topped out at sixty, the door, and never figured out how to close the door all the way. So. Backed it into my driveway. All the neighbors came out because it was like 11 p.m. and there was a school bus just backing into your fucking car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Uh And I, I started it. Yeah, I gutted it and did the painting, did everything. Uh, my buddy Wyatt's actually taking off on a bus soon. Uh, yeah, they've been building, which is really cool. So we kind of got them at the same time. Oddly enough, we both bought buses in like at the same time. Um, I sold that, but I realized it's not very sustainable. And vans, you can just sleep anywhere. Like, van life's where it's at. Like, when you think of that Chris Farley skin about like living, living in a by wild river and like people making fun of it, it's like, Yo, I'm fucking down with that lifestyle. <laughs> like, shit, give me that van down by the river. <laughs> like, make sure it's got, like, some solar panels and shit some on it. solar panels and
1: a memory foam mattress, and we're good to go. Uh,
0: they make some sweet ones. I love craftsmanship. I think it goes back into being the creative. Yeah. You know, like, building out a house, design. Like, everybody has some sort of creative in them. Mm-hmm. It's just how you use it and how much of it you want to use. It's just, like, brain power. It's, like... I'm sure if I spent enough time learning how to read and write better, I would become a writer and a reader. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's also people need to do more research on photographers and realize there's a lot of us out there. And like find somebody that you really connect with based on like that. And find someone
1: who's talented enough that they can do more than one style. Yeah. That's the thing, is like photography is creative, but In my world, at least, where I do a lot of corporate photography, if you're hiring a corporate photographer who tells you they don't do things out of their style, then they're not a corporate photographer. Like, you don't get to be an artist and work in commercial work at the same time unless you're, like, working for a giant brand. (laughs)
0: Like, where they're, like,
1: paying you thousands of dollars because you're an artist. And most of the time, those are people who are artists who make ads like Andy Warhol.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people buy... You know, fifty thousand followers, and then they're an influencer, and they have a, a style.
1: Yeah, that's the thing—is like all that stuff is so
0: fake. It's just a weird world we live in. It's yeah. just a wild concept, and to think like this has only been fifteen years.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Like, that's I- why I don't give a shit about <laughs> it. I I don't like. I'm ready for that next wave. Like, we're really, really good at focusing. On one specific thing Mm -hmm. and like we're on to the next. But if I could encourage you on anything on a business aspect is to look at some of those programs. It's just so worth it because it's like a consistent workflow and it's built into it. It just it's saving time. And there's so much more time to do this kind of shit and just like shoot the shit and do nothing. The problem
1: is when I have more time, I take more jobs. Yeah. Because I'm that kind of person. Mm -hmm. So, if I like, like even today, I offered to help a friend like run her clothing store because she didn't, couldn't find an employee. So, if you're looking for a part time job, anyone, Hmm. I got the hookup. But that's the thing is, if I have time, I want to be making money.
0: Yeah, but you can make money like right now, you could be making money. I am. Absolutely. This is probably getting thousands. I'm getting one
1: penny per listen. <laughs> yeah. Actually less than a penny per listen, but mm. I got eighteen cents in there now.
0: What? You got you get cents for this? Cents. <laughs> oh no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How what do sponsorship they sponsorship break? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. How do they like give you do they give you a check? Do they like just mail you? Do a they couple deposit
1: it of- in your bank account?
0: <laughs> what? was the first time you ever heard that one noise that get off the phone there's
1: aol five minute discs everywhere in your house yeah from the bank Uh, and the library there
0: yeah
1: um the first time, I th- I don't remember or what, what age was. What was your
0: first AIM name? Or what was your oh, AIM name?
1: Um, Hot Chick 513. Ooh. I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I was younger than that. I had to be younger than that because we made those in, in mm. my old house and we moved into my new house when we were five. So I had to be four.
0: Mm. Mine was Ride Snowboard 7, but it was also spelled wrong. <laughs>
1: And then I had some bullshit after I changed it and finally got, finally grew up enough to like be an adult who was embarrassed about having a screen name Hot Chick. So, like the fifth grade. Yeah. I was like, I know, I'm going to just do my name with a bunch of X's and O's. And then I could never remember how many X's and how many O's were in my screen name. So I had to like reset my password every time I logged in. Yeah. And that was before it remembered your passwords for you. Like, there wasn't any like, Auto fill that didn't
0: happen oh man from years of working at a technology shop a small technology store in town we used to have to accept people's emails as they would approach into the store or come into the store and people would have like the weirdest ones or the longest one it's like oh what's your what's your email uh boner boy 420 uh <laughs> what <laughs> like,
1: okay. when I worked in jewelry I sold an engagement ring to a guy and I was taking down his email and okay, okay what's your email he looks me dead in the eyes like made sure I was making eye contact with him NPLFRK and then some numbers and I was like okay he goes he looks at me straight in the eyes goes yeah nipple freak <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to go ring this up and I'll bring it right back in a box for you. All right. (laughs) Enjoy your engagement ring, sir. Wow. Yeah. I've I've been harassed in the workplace. I mean, I'm not the hottest hottie that ever totted, but that was the most uncomfortable I've ever felt at work in my entire life. I'm used to old white men telling me I've got a nice butt. I'm not used to nipple freak directly in my eyes cool
0: ink bro cool ink i get that a lot cool (laughs) ink bro or on dating sites nice tats exclamation girls say nice
1: tats to you yeah that's embarrassing women women man i don't know how you do dating caleb's never allowed to leave because i'm not dating
0: it's hard now dating during a pandemic now that's a reality show
1: Going Write on first down. COVID
0: date. Well, what's the second safe COVID date look like? Going a lot of walks, a lot of trails. Yep. So, but yeah. Dating, man. Dating. The time.
1: There was only Tinder when I was still dating. Like, no other, like, Hinge or Bumble or whatever the fuck people are on now.
0: Yeah, there's all kinds of them. Like, and there's just so many options for everything
1: it was match.com uh ok cupid
0: remember when it was like super no farmers
1: only is not a it, thing it was i uh, feel
0: like it was really looked down upon oh it was plenty dating dating of fish man was like what are you talking about you're using this devil internet here now and you're going to be dating strangers like and now i'm just sitting here just swiping
1: i went on a date one time where the guy we'd never met before brought me a box of jewelry of his ex-girlfriends because we had the same birthstone (laughs) so all of the things that he bought her he just gave to me on our first date and what the fuck am I gonna do say no like that's just rude I don't even know you so I took it and then never talked to him ever again because I didn't know what to do (laughs)
0: maybe that was good maybe that was just a way for him to like let it out like give it away like i'm gonna just give this away because i don't (sighs) want to think about it but hey look at you you got some gems out of it yeah i actually
1: think i might have one upstairs still
0: from that fiasco i never
1: obviously wear it but it was just really funny like i don't online dating was probably my favorite until one time, like, I met a guy to hang out at a hotel and he asked me if he needed to pay me for my time. And I was like, okay, I'm not online dating anymore.
0: <laughs> uh I like my favorite ones, like, are the ones where the girls are showing a ton of cleavage. And then it just says no hookups, like, right in bold letters. Like, like what is this world coming to? But then it's... I. I don't know. At some point, you start to feel that guilt. Yeah. Like, I remember that, like, back in the day, like, like you start to feel that guilt of, like, all I'm doing is sitting here judging people constantly. Like, I don't even know this person. I don't even know anything about them. You're just judging them instantly.
1: Well, I had to stop for that reason because yeah. I was like, the person I'm going to marry, like, looks are probably the last thing that I care about. Luckily, yeah. I got studly Dudley over there, but, like, I – Honestly, like, once I got to the point that I was ready to get married, I was like, okay, I'm going to start looking for someone who, like, makes me want to be a better person. Yeah.
0: People started to wonder about me probably because I had a lot of friends who were like, oh, you should go hang out with this person. Go hang out with this person. So it was, yeah. So I started talking with a girl named Danny. Yeah. So it's been fun. You get to, like, at least have a small bubble, like, see somebody else, you know? Yeah. I'm a coffee snob now with pour over.
1: What kind of coffee do you use?
0: Um, All different kinds. Uh,
1: do you have a roaster here that you like?
0: I like Madcap. I like, well, I really like Roasters bags. Goes back to branding. Their yeah. bags are that little plastic zipper.
1: I worked with them for a while. Mm hmm. And. Their branding is on fleek they got that going on mm-hmm. and their coffee was pretty good too
0: mm-hmm. it's great because there's like a different it's a it goes back to branding as a business like madcap stands out they're phenomenal at that yeah but yeah branding <clears throat> in general i think is you everybody like needs it if you're gonna run a business mm-hmm. i don't think branding is like humans like people are trying yeah. to like have a certain style or brand or like.
1: I'm so sick of people telling me that I need to have a more consistent brand. I'm like, I'm paying my bills, bitch. Like, I don't care really what you have to say about my follower count. Like, people are actually getting their photo taken by me and giving me cash dollars in return. And that's what I'm going for. And some people who have given me cash dollars like the way I do my Instagram. So, up.
0: Who's saying they don't? Do you get beef from people or what? Uh,
1: Industry people mostly that I need to charge more and that my brand isn't consistent enough. But they're not the ones who would pay me. So why do I care? Yeah. And I keep my prices low because I want it to be accessible to everyone. I want people to be able to get family photos taken year round. When I do corporate work, it's more expensive. But yeah, I want small businesses to be able to afford good photos. And that's why I started doing this. Because I'm not going to charge $400 an hour and give you 20 photos. That's stupid.
0: So like, I think it's it's like that instant gratification. Like that's what I think people love. Like when I would shoot weddings, when I would deliver a thousand pictures, you know what pictures got downloaded the most? The 15 pictures that I had up at their slideshow of the wedding. Yeah. That they already had. Like those are the ones I love. Those are the ones I print. Those are usually the ones I keep. Like – You still get the other ones, but it was just that experience of getting it quick and fast and like consistent. But I can understand like, yeah, do your thing. I think everybody needs to kind of have their own.
1: Yeah. That's the thing is everybody spends so much time trying to be the same as everyone else when really the thing that's going to set you apart is being different. Like people follow you for who you are. Like Mm -hmm. they want... They follow you because they want to interact with you. There are a thousand other businesses out there that are doing the same thing you are and probably doing it better, honestly. But like, there's only one you, and you're the reason that people hire you at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. And you got to be who you are. I don't want to be rude, but like, when you talk about like followers and people that like it and not like, I know a lot of people that have that and it's how we're raised you know like that's what we see every day that's what we're fed every single day and it's amazing like we're tracked in numbers but like (laughs) at the end of the day nobody fucking cares about any of it like nobody gives a shit like what are they doing for you like they look at you and they judge you like you're just putting yourself out there to be judged which is the world that we live in, you know, but like nobody fucking cares. Like, I, I mean like, yeah, you're going to look at this picture, but we live in such a swipe mentality where it's like they're to the next thing. Yeah. And I, I would get held up on it a lot too. You know, like for me, it's that anxiety of like posting stuff. Like what are people going to think? Like if you spell something wrong or you don't and it's like, well, it's easier just to not do it at all. Yeah. For me, like in and, and I think that as you record podcasts and as you keep shooting, it's like do it for yourself. Yeah. Because like at the end of the day, if nobody else listens to this. Of course you didn't. Um at the end of the day it's like you have something tangible. You'll have a, a heirloom to pass down. Yeah. Or to listen to 10 years from now when you're like oh my god remember that night when we sat on the couch and just shot the shit with Brandon and like did that like or somebody else might find it when I'm deceased someday you know and like that's what I love about photography and like we're creating something that's going to last forever um but it's like what you want to share and what you want to post like I have a lot of stuff I just don't post it because it's like to me it's things that it's very passionate to me. There's yeah. a lot of travel pictures that I just don't share. Yeah. Because I don't want it, it to be out there like that. Like, it's something that I want to see people's eyes when they see it. Yeah. Or listen to it, you know? So I think that at the end of the day, with the internet being as weird and creepy and everything as it is, it's an amazing tool. It's helped a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But I think we. Are using it the wrong way when we're putting it out there as, like, well, they have this and they have that. You yeah. know, we're just like, nobody has anything because at the end of the day, it can fucking go away in a second. Yeah. And like, is that really the, you want to put that much on the needle, like, to go that deep? Like, do it for yourself. Shoot it. It's a journal. Yeah. It's a sweet ass journal. Like, I hate writing. I can take pictures and just share it. I can record stuff because I enjoy conversation. Do it, you know, like do whatever you love to do at the end of the day.
1: And in the best case scenario, someone else hears it and likes it. And even if that's just one person, like that's worth it to me. Because a lot of the times I wish more people were in the room when we were having conversations, especially like that's my biggest motivation for having this is to have some harder conversations with my friends in the future. Mm -hmm. Like I have a friend who owns a sex store and i have a friend who's been sober for a long time and i have a friend who was polyamorous for a long time and i have friends like all these things that people don't talk about like i want to talk about that kind of stuff i want to talk about what you're passionate about i have friends who've experienced racism in a way that i'll never understand or know and i want to ask them the questions that people are scared to ask them and And because of our relationship, we can have conversations about those things where in a lot of circumstances people can't.
0: And it's great to be able to have those conversations. That's what kids are lacking these days is like conversation. Yeah. And I think that's where it's like we can, we need to put the screens down and get back to just human to human interactions and conversations because. Kids nowadays, like if I could redesign the schools, like they would have an hour where you write a word on the board and you just talk about it and you might agree, you might disagree, you can use it, you can give what you think about it. But at the end of the day, like learn to respect what other people have to say. You might not believe in it, but like we can leave it at that and just try to be happy.
1: Well, and the way that the Internet is breeding communication right now is against the like number one rule of communication you don't enter an interaction in order to win. You enter an interaction in order to learn and gain information. Mm-hmm. Like, so why can't we have conversations with people we don't agree with? Yeah. What's What's that going to hurt you? Oh, you're going to get heated and mad? Maybe you need to learn how to control your emotions mm-hmm. because their perspective is valuable. And if that's the goal in life is to find value in those perspectives. And the only way you're going to change it if you don't like it is by understanding it.
0: Yeah. And just talking to people, being more open—something I need to work on, like being more open with people. But like, I'm always there for the conversation. Yeah. If it comes out, I'm gonna—I'll be blunt about anything, Mm -hmm. you know. But I think it's just where people need to talk more. And again, it's—it's easy to write a message or say whatever because you can make yourself sound one way. Yeah. And it's also how you read stuff. you know but i don't know at the end of the day be happy with whatever you do and some people fucking love that world and like more power to them you know if that's what you love and like that's what's filling you then do it but if it's putting harm or giving you any like anxiety or guilt or anything else then like don't put yeah like my question earlier i'm ready for like option b like, yeah. if we, you know, like, what else can we do? Like, cool. I get it. MySpace, great. Facebook, awesome. Neat things out there. But what else can we do, you know? So, cool. Well, it was great chatting, yeah. hanging out. I don't think I've ever said so many words in my entire life. How now, brown cow?